This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 202 with Abby Moore. Show notes for this episode and all links mentioned in this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 202. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Abby Moore is a full-time blogger and an online course creator. Abby writes, You Baby, Me Mummy, an award-winning top UK family lifestyle blog, where she specializes in blogging advice, coaching, and courses. She helps mums create more freedom in their lives by turning their blogs into real businesses. Abby built her blog while her baby slept on her chest. Within 15 months, she was making more money off her blog than she had ever made at a traditional job. She takes her business very seriously, and she wants to help you do the same. Abby is no-nonsense and brutally honest in her advice, which I really appreciate. You might say she's shameless. She is not going to sugarcoat what you need to do to be successful. She's going to tell you what to do, and she expects you to do it. And she's a total sweetheart. So you're in for some fun too. Listen in to hear Abby share the difference between blogging for hobby versus blogging for business, how to build a business around your blog, why you must be obsessed with your blog and your content, the power of leveraging partnerships, social media tips to connect brands and companies, why you actually do have time to make your dreams come true, the brutal truth behind that and the biggest blogging mistakes she sees moms making regularly. This is a fun conversation. I love having someone with an accent and Abby has that amazing UK accent. And she is just, she's a powerhouse when it comes to her knowledge base, but she's also a lot of fun. And I was very fortunate to get to meet her recently in London. And as soon as we met, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to have you on the Shameless Mom Academy. You are a shameless mom. I love what you're doing in business and I want to share you with my listeners. So I'm so excited to be introducing you all to Abby Moore. 
Abby Moore, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi, thanks for having me on. I get really excited when I get to have international people come on the show. So this is a big deal <laughs> to have someone live from London. Well, I'm actually in France at the moment. What? Oh my gosh, you're making it even more fancy. Well, we moved here in July. We're here for five years. Oh my gosh, I totally didn't. Because I met you in London, I just assumed yeah. that's where you were living. No, well, normally we live near London, but okay. 18 years. But on the 1st of July, we moved to France for five years. Oh so Wow, that sounds really amazing. I was going to say that sounds just so rough. Sounds so rough and awful to just have to live in France. But no, it sounds so amazing. What brought you over to France? My husband's job. Oh. To be honest, I'm not a fan. You're not. <laughs> Why? So I would go with the rough bit. Oh. But um, I don't speak French. So it's a oh. big, huge deal every day. So even the, the most simple things of getting a haircut or, you know, going to the doctors or anything is like a massive ordeal when you don't speak the language. Oh, my gosh. So we have friends who live in Luxembourg. We actually know two families who live in Luxembourg who moved from Seattle to Luxembourg because of their work with Amazon. And both of the wives are taking French classes. And so in Luxembourg, I guess French is one of the main languages. There's also like Luxembourgian, which hardly anyone speaks, and a handful mm. of other languages. But they were like, if we're going to be here for this long, they, they felt so inept their first few months there. They were like, we have to yeah. learn the language. And so they've just decided to do that. And they're always posting on Facebook about like practicing their French and like actually having success with like asking for something at a deli or something and how yeah, exciting it is. is. Even when you say something in French... And you think you've said it right. You might have said it right, but if your accent isn't exactly right, ah. they will say that they don't understand you. Oh my God. So it's really difficult. So I should have learned before we came here, but you know, we're trying to run a business. Right. It's all comes down to time for totally. me. And you know, if you can make some money or learn French, it's going to come down to make some money or help some people right. rather than learn French. So totally. it's a bit tricky at the moment, but we've got a nice house. So <laughs> that's good. Good, good, good. There's silver linings. Yeah. Well, and also like learning a new language is not a small task and it's not an insignificant amount of time that you would have to put into that. So I totally get like, I would be in the same boat. Like if I can sit on work and make money and feel like I'm doing my thing and growing my community and contributing to the world, like that might take precedence over learning a new language. Yeah. So, and I've always struggled with French, a straight A student, really, yeah. apart from French, which I dropped because I hate, you know, you feels like you're role playing. Yes. You're trying to be a different character. I hate it. So I've always really struggled. So oh, I'll get man. by. <laughs> like I just went in the last few months twice for the first time ever in 42 years. And I did not consider until being over there how unique it is because you have so many little countries all right next to each other. The language situation is so different than in the U.S. because the U.S. is just a vast land of English. And so yeah. in Europe, it's like you drive two hours in any direction and you're speaking a different language. It's crazy to me. Yeah, it's a big it, challenge. Is, it is a big challenge, but. We'll get through it. <laughs> yes. Okay. So let's dive in. Now we know a little bit about what's going on in your personal life, but tell us a little bit about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio. And what are you most excited about right now? Okay. So I'm married. That's why we're here in France. Uh, my husband has a proper job, which I always think he doesn't make money from his one, you know, sitting in his pajamas like I can. And so I've got a daughter who is four and a half. She wants to be a blogger. Bless her heart. Yes. I love it. <laughs> And I've never put those words in her mouth. She says those all by herself. Um, so I juggle really looking after her when she's just started school in France in September. So I juggle her when she's not in school and my business. At the moment in my business, I'm most excited about my membership community. It's amazing. And the people in there are doing great things. And I just love it. And I've got really big plans. They actually make me feel a bit sick with that big plans, which I think is always a good thing. for Yes. 
So I've got a book that's about 45,000 words written so far. Um, I'm planning an online summit and a conference and we're launching a podcast. <laughs> so many great things. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and when you start to say them out loud, there's like no turning back. No, I've said them now. It's so, so exciting. Oh my gosh. And I love that you say your husband has a proper job, but oh my gosh, look at all the things that you're doing. Those are not improper things by any stretch. He has a traditional job. Yes. yes. I love it. That's, oh my gosh, that's so cool. So we connected at Youpreneur Summit in London, which was many, many online entrepreneurs doing their thing. And we ended up mm -hmm. sitting at a table together and you talked about being one of the top mom blogs in the UK. And I was like, we need to talk. So I'm so <laughs> excited to have you here. And I'm excited to talk about blogging and really dive into this because I think that it's something that I don't know what the perception is in the UK versus the US. My sense though, when I was over there was that in the UK and throughout Europe, being an online entrepreneur is definitely not as well received and as reputable as it is in the US. In the US, it's yeah. definitely seen as something like, oh, well, you can make money and build a really legitimate business. And I got the sense that a lot of people in the UK who work online and in Europe who work online really are still fighting to prove that. Is that the truth? Yeah, I think so. I think we are behind the times in many, many aspects. Even, for example, even the traffic, obviously, it's, we're smaller countries, but the traffic that blogs get in America is so much more the you know the financial benefits for blogging can be so much more right. and it, it is just seen as over here people still think we just muck about on Facebook I think <laughs> rather than actually have these proper businesses so right. I think we are behind the times but we're going to be fighting to catch up right right well and I'm so glad that you're doing the work that you're doing and that's part of what got me really excited when we met was that I think the power of blogging gives moms in particular such freedom and flexibility to build a platform and do so many different things. And so I love that your daughter wants to do this already because I think that's so cool and such great modeling that she sees that you're doing something and she probably wants to do it because she thinks it looks like fun when you're doing it. So yeah. well done with that. She tries to steal the camera. You would not believe it. If I try and get a picture with her, like Instagram story or just a selfie with her, she will try and literally hog the whole frame. Oh my gosh. She doesn't even so want to be beside me. She just wants to be in it. All about me. Like center yeah. of everything. So yeah. cute. So funny. So tell us about your entry into motherhood and into blogging and how did you get started? Well, we tried for years to get pregnant and I nearly turned into crazy baby lady, I think. And it was the month before we were going to book, go for our booked IVF appointment that I got pregnant. And so when I was on maternity leave, I had sort of, it was not a happy time in a way. I loved right. my job and I went on maternity leave and I found that lots of my friends just sort of drifted off and they didn't want to know someone that was going to have a baby, I guess. So I'd suffered with postnatal depression when she was born and mm. I thought I was so petrified of that I would forget something, that I would forget the, at the moment she walked or a certain, and I thought that would make me a bad mum if I forgot, you know, when she first had her first smile or something like that. So I thought I need to write this down and my friend was making a scrapbook and I'm so not a scrapbook kind of girl, but it was a way to record those gorgeous memories. Right. We were living about 250 miles away from our, well, from my family at the time. And I thought, well, if I put it online, at least then I'll be able to put pictures online so mum will be able to see. And no one will ever read my blog because I didn't even know I'd read one blog post in like my whole time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I started this blog literally when my child was asleep on my chest one afternoon because I could only move my right arm because she used to sleep on me and not sleep anywhere else. So I couldn't have done anything that required two hands, but I could type on a laptop with one hand. Oh um, so I literally Googled how to start a blog. 
and um, started a blog. And then four months later, it earned money. And 15 months later, it was earning me more than I'd ever done in a proper job before. And now I get to make money sitting on my couch in my onesie. Yes. I don't know if you have onesies in America. (laughs) We do, but they're more like costumes. So like I have a unicorn onesie, so I can dress Uh, up as a unicorn. So they're more like costumes, but Uh, they're kind of a big craze over here. It might just be in Seattle, but like they're kind of a thing. So we all know what onesies are. They have the same ones over here, but you also have ones that you can sleep in or walk about the house in. Okay, nice, nice. It's your pajamas, basically. (laughs) I love it. So this is the beauty of working from home and being your own boss. I totally agree. Like working in your onesie, or in my case, it's like in pajama pants or leggings on the bottom, but then like a nicer shirt on top if I have to be on camera. And then I'll just put on the shirt for like 20 minutes. And then like as soon as the camera thing is over, I'm like, oh, that needs to come off. Like back into cozy. Like right now I'm wrapped in like a blanket and a long sleeve running shirt and like just looking very unprofessional, but running yeah. all this stuff, like running two businesses with my dog sleeping at my feet. So it works. Yeah, exactly. It's the way forward. Totally. So did you say within 15 months you had replaced yeah. your income? Wow. Yeah, more than I've ever in a sort of proper job before. Wow. That's so amazing. Okay. So I think there's so many details I want to dive into. And I think there's a difference between blogging for hobby and blogging as a business. And I think that sometimes there needs to be a little bit of a line drawn in the sand. If you want to blog for hobby, like you were describing, like you want to document your child's milestones and just maybe have a place for some reflection. That's one thing. But blogging as a business is a little different. And you really, when we met in London, kind of sternly presented this, sternly and lovingly (laughs) presented this. But like, if you want to make money as a blog, you need to treat it as a business. And if you want it to just be a hobby, that's totally fine too. But can you talk a little bit about the differences there? Because I think there is some stigma around mommy blogging and people who are not involved in mom blogging, taking it super seriously. But if you take it seriously, there is some serious money to be made. So talk a little bit about the difference between blogging for hobby versus blogging for business for moms. Yeah, I think it's, you know, if, like I said, if you want it to be just a hobby, then that is fine. That's how mine started. And all power to you. It's the brilliant hobby and you're creating a wonderful, like, memory bank for your family. But if you want it to be a business, um, especially the bloggers that I deal with, sometimes you have some of them that want, that treat it like a hobby, but want the benefit of it being a business. And they're not prepared all the time to put the effort in, as in the number of hours. They're not prepared to find their niche and really produce content that readers want. It sounds really harsh, but readers, when they first come across your blog, they don't care about your family. They care about how you can help them. Mm -hmm. So they might, when they get to know you, they might then care about your family, but you have to have some content out there that's helpful or entertaining or something so that you can actually then get develop that no like and trust factor that's going to make them want to come back and I think in some of the bloggers that I deal with not all of them but you know some of the mum bloggers over here they do want that that line between it being they want it to be pleasurable and a hobby and they still want to to not really put the hours in but they want the money and they'll then moan saying it's they're not bringing in the money but I think if you want it to be a business you said you have to treat it like a business you have to invest the money quite often they're reluctant to pay a few dollars for social media schedule or something which then will save them hours um, and I try and say to people, you either pay with your time or your money. Yes. Nothing is free. Right. So I'd rather, for me, I'd rather pay $6 a fortnight for one of my Twitter schedulers and then not have to pay, you know, pay in my two hours worth of time. Right. You know, to do the same thing, basically. So I think they do need to make a shift. Right. You bring up a couple of really good points there. The one being actually three really good points I'll touch on. I love the 
acknowledging that you need to be consistent. And so you do need to be like showing up there regularly, not just when it's convenient or feels good or you feel super inspired. And so like for me, when I started podcasting, I wasn't quite sure where this was going to take me, but I was really committed to, I'm going to try this for like six months, twice a week and see what happens. It's now been almost two years. I've never missed an episode every single Monday, every single Wednesday for almost two years. I've had a new episode drop on Christmas day in a couple of weeks. It is a Monday. I will have a new episode dropping. So there was a turning point for me after six months where I was like, okay, like I'm all in on this, but I'm going to treat it like a business, which I already had been doing, but I was committing that like the first six months went well. And so I'm going to keep moving in this direction, but I'm going to take it seriously because I want it to be seen as being serious so that when someone comes to me and says, Hey, you know, we want you to expand services and have you come speak on a stage or pay you for sponsorship or pay you for other opportunities. Then it looks like, I've actually been building a business around this because I've taken it really seriously. I've not just done it when it's fun and easy and convenient. The other thing you mentioned is that people don't necessarily want to meet your family. They want to see how you can serve them. Amen. And I had to be really careful with that in the beginning because there was so many things I wanted to just kind of like rant and vent about. And I was like, I can't just do that because, so I made sure like on every episode I was like, okay, here's my rant or my vent. But then also here's like three things I can give that people can put into tech that are like tactical actions that people can take to improve their life today. Exactly. It's putting that spin on it, isn't it? You can say something that's personal to you, but then it's the way that you shape that content. Is it still helpful? Can it still, even if it's just making someone feel less alone, but it's don't make your content that self-indulgent that no one else is going to get it or be able to sort of resonate with it. And I think then when you've got more traffic and more regular readers, then then it's so fabulous to share yourself and to share more of yourself. But you have to start in a way by, I started the other way because I didn't go as a business at all. It wasn't even that. And so I just shared everything. It was just like my sort of Facebook wall really. And I was just lucky that I worked so hard and it happened. But I think people look at it the other way. They're like, they get wounded. Why don't people care about my family? But they don't, do they? Not until they know who you are. Right, right. Once they know who you are, then they're like super nosy. And then they're yeah. like, oh, I want to know everything about this person. Like, I want to yeah. see behind the magic curtain and see what's going on. One of the other things you mentioned was making investments in your blog as a business. And so like you said, like getting an online scheduler so that you have some things that are automated as opposed to social media. There is definitely a point where you have to make, sometimes these are little investments, sometimes they're big investments. And I'm actually working with a couple of business owners right now where we're talking about like, how much do you invest when you're just getting things off of the ground? And you have to, I think, look at your long-term plan. So like, if this is something you see yourself doing five years down the road, investing $6 a month is like not a big deal. If you only see yourself doing this for a year, then maybe you shouldn't be investing much at all because it's, you're not going to take it that far. So what are some of the steps that you recommend when someone is looking at really starting to turn a blog into a business? And what are some of the steps that you took to start making money in that 15 months that you started making money and really dove in? What are some things that you did and what would you recommend to others? Yeah, I mean, I got obsessed really quickly with blogging and the whole thing. For me, it's everything that I want something to be. You know, I could do photography in there. I've always loved like a project sort of thing. And with the blog, it, you can have multiple different projects in there and you can do the possibility is amazing. I think people get overwhelmed and it's not because they don't know what to do. It's just, there's too much to do as well. But right. for me, I put in so many hours and that's why my blog grew really quickly you know, in the early months, especially. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. 
So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. And the first money that I made was uh, by a brand approaching me. So I didn't I didn't even have a clue. I was just bumbling along. But I think quite quickly, my blog had gained some authority and it gained some traffic. And so a brand approached me. And then as I continued to sort of I started to run like linkies for bloggers. So people were doing giving me lots of backlinks and all kinds of things. So and I did some guest posting and things like that to build of my blog and my domain authority is like 50 51 now which is really good for, for a, just a blog a normal blog nice. and um i think that's helped me get on the radar of brands and things like that and then it's just doing a good job it's making sure that you actually produce good content consistent content and that you're showing up and mm-hmm. so many people will in i'm sure podcasts are the same but so many people might write a blog post one week and then their kid's sick and nothing comes out for a couple of weeks and then they'll do another one and people won't jive with that. They want, right. it's, they want you to be like their TV show that rocks up every Tuesday at a certain time or that's why big YouTubers do well because they know when people know exactly when they upload, you yes. know, I've all got, I've got podcast favorites that I know that when they're going to have a new show out and I look on my iTunes for that. So it's the same thing. Your audience want it or your potential audience, but also Google want it as well. Google want, mm-hmm. they're only going to show people in the search results that are updating their site regularly. So it's for Google, but it's also for your audience as well. And I think, you know, initially I didn't pitch for, and I probably only ever pitched now for, I mean, I pitch, but I pitch more for, say a holiday or something like that rather than for a financial job I think most financial jobs have come to me they've been inbound uh, I, I say I've pitched for products we're getting one of these new robot hoovers that's like a, a thousand pound or whatever wow. to hoover the house because I, I can't be bothered to hoover oh my gosh so is it like <laughs> a vacuum like a vacuum cleaner yeah it's amazing oh cool it's an iRobot and it goes off and oh, charges nice. itself when it gets tired and it needs a charge so uh, cool pitch that company because I thought well that's amazing I'll need that in yeah. my life yeah. Uh, but most of the actual financial jobs have definitely been inbound for me. Nice. But yeah, it's just, it's showing up, it's showing up and it's giving value in whatever niche you're in. And if you keep on doing that, you, you will develop a community around you. And that's then, then there's people sort of in a way selling your stuff for you, isn't that? Right. Right. So a couple of things you said that are so helpful. So you talked about being obsessed with your content, being obsessed with your blog, really like that's really important. One of the things that was mentioned to me years ago, probably in 2010, as I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do in the online space, one of my business coaches said, what do you want to talk about every day for the rest of your life? That was a really powerful question because that eliminated a whole bunch of things I was considering. So there was a lot of things I was like, I want to talk about this for like next month or maybe a year, but like forever, no way. So Mm -hmm. I had to really think about what do I want to talk about forever? And that allowed me to become obsessed. And so I knew and this was before I had my son, but I knew that it was something with moms. And so I was like, and at that time I was wanting to do fitness online. So I was like, okay, fitness for moms online. So that's where I started with my first online business. Another thing that you mentioned is leveraging the power of partnerships. And I think that that is so important. And initially 
a lot of times they aren't going to come to you. It sounds like, especially as you become more well-known and more visible in your marketplace, as you've definitely done, Abby, that people will come to you. And this has started happening to me, which is really fun and really exciting. And my husband's like, why are we getting all these packages in the mail? And I'm like, oh my God, it's like Christmas. And he's like, what are these boxes? Like, do we really need more things? So it's kind of fun and exciting. But there's also initially that doesn't happen. Initially, you do have to go out in most cases. Initially, you do have to kind of go out and find those partnerships yourself. And I want to really encourage people to reach out and connect with companies that you want partnerships with. And that is super uncomfortable. But if you want to take your blog seriously as a business, you have to push yourself to do that. Just like if you were working for a company and you were in the marketing department, like you would have to be reaching out to other companies, talking about partnerships and talking about how you could cross promote each other. So you have to look at like, how are you working in terms of being your company's CEO, COO, CFO, CMO, which is a lot of roles, but that's what you have to do. I think most times we can pitch by email. Yeah. So I always think, what is the worst that can happen? They don't respond to your email. Totally. No one died. You know, just send the email. You know, I'm also, I've got a whole course on working with brands as a blogger. And I think one of the really easy ways to get started is to, obviously, when you're in this blogging community and you find some other bloggers, you don't even have to know them. But if you can see the content that is sponsored, so you know that they'll have declared it, they'll have used the hashtag ad on the social media, you'll see the disclosure at the bottom of the post, comment on that post, because yeah. those brands are looking at that post. So as soon as that post goes live, they're looking at it, they're going to look in the comments. So if you say, you don't have to be sycophantic about it, but if you say, oh, this is a great product or whatever, they're going to be, you're then on their radar. Right. And I've found I've got so many things. Sometimes I've not wanted to do them. Sometimes I have. But, you know, even like I've commented on someone's Instagram picture, what a lovely bracelet. And then, you know, two minutes later, the brand's messaging me saying, would you like one? Um, So it's commented on that sponsored content. I think a lot of bloggers go wrong because they think that's sponsored. Sort of they're getting something for that. I'm not going to comment. But that's exactly where the brands are looking. So you're missing a trick. Oh, that's such a good point. That's such a great tip. And I totally agree about your tip about emailing and like, what's the worst that can happen. And I think a lot of it, it's just practice. Like you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable and you'll be shocked at the people who say yes. Like I've had one person ever say no to me for a podcast interview and everyone else, people who I've been, I've sent the email and been like 100% there's this person is saying no. Like why would this person ever say yes to me? Every single person, except for one person in two years has come back and said yes. So you'll be really surprised at how far those uncomfortable emails will take you. So it's really a matter of like putting on your brave big girl pants and just try it is and you might send out 20 pitches and yeah. one you know it might be the other way you you know you've had a really good success rate but you might send out 20 pitches and get one that says yes but again no one died and you'll refine your pitch a bit maybe maybe that needs a bit of work and maybe do some groundwork first so what I would do is I would you know if I like a brand I'd maybe tweet the brand just something like casual or you know say not necessarily at them but tweet about their brand and tag yeah. them in so that you're getting on their radar and do that a little bit and then retweet some of their stuff, blah, 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 you know, get that sort of on their radar a bit before you then pitch them. Yeah. I love that. I think that's so true. And you'd be surprised at if you reach out to a company repeatedly or an individual. So in my case, I've had this happen where people have reached out to me about being on the podcast. And initially I'll say, I think what you're doing is great, but it's not quite the right fit right now. And then they'll come back to me and they'll refine their messaging and figure out a way that their messaging is right for my audience. If someone goes to the time and effort to do that, I am so much more likely to say yes. And this has happened where someone will come back to me a second or third time 
and say like, how about this? What if we do it this way? Would this resonate more? And then I'm like, oh my gosh, like you've tried so hard. I'm going to let you on the show just for trying so hard. And because I think that you've really gone out of your way to make sure that my people are going to get some value from you. Yeah, definitely. I think that's, again, it's those uncomfortable things, but we have to keep doing them. And those are the things that ultimately like getting uncomfortable in those spaces. And I can say from personal experience, like sending emails that are uncomfortable has allowed me in just in terms of like inviting a guest on my show is now allowing me to send emails to people to pitch myself to be speaking on really big stages. And those are emails I could have never sent two years ago. So it's really good practice. It's definitely worth it. So where do you see moms selling themselves short when it comes to running online businesses? I think this might be a sweeping generalization, but I think they just don't believe in themselves all the time. Sometimes they don't know what's possible. So I think that's the case when I first started. I, I sort of started in a completely different way because I didn't think anything was possible and I didn't really necessarily want it to be because, you know, that wasn't my intention. But I think they don't know what's possible and they might think the only, for bloggers, for example, might think the only way I can earn money is through Amazon or working with brands. Well, right. there's not. I don't make most of my money that way anymore. So yeah. I think it's, they, and also, again, maybe a sweeping generalization, but they can lack focus mm-hmm. and then they make excuses. So, because I always think if you want it enough, you'll find the time. And if you don't, you'll find an excuse. And that does sound really harsh. And I know that there are people out there that are maybe single moms and they're, they've got, you know, a good zillion kids. And yes, they probably have less time than me. But I always think you can carve out 10 minutes of the day to do something that's actually focused and productive and that will move you forward yeah. rather than just, it's just, busy work. It's not actually going to get you anywhere. Right, right. I think that's the most important thing. And I don't, I see people, they use it as a get out. They're not confident enough in themselves and what they want to do and what their sort of superpowers are in the world. So they'll use the time and the other things as excuses and they get off the hook and they sort of get themselves off the hook, if that makes sense. Totally. So I think it's just being more focused, being knowing what you want and having that confidence that yes you can actually do anything I think we can do anything we just can't do everything and I think as moms that's what we try and do you know we try and we try and do everything and we're always the ones that come off short because we're always going to want to make sure everyone else in the family's you know happy or whatever and the things that you want for your business are going to come off a bit short I think yeah yeah definitely so one of the things that I think really resonates is the idea of like taking 10 minutes a day. And I know when my son was a baby, he was a really difficult baby. And I had this very beautiful dream that he was going to sleep all these hours of the day and I was going to get so much done. And that just did not happen. And what I ended up doing when he was teeny tiny, I was like, I just have to do one thing today that helps me make money in one of my businesses. At that time I had two businesses and it was like one thing each day. And that got me off the hook. It was like, it doesn't matter if I don't open my email if I do my other one thing and sometimes yeah. that thing took two minutes and sometimes it took 20 minutes and sometimes it took an hour, but yeah. I had to just do one thing. Totally. I think the people that's, I've got a real problem with people that don't say that, that say they've not got time. It really does get me. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, you're never going to have more time. Cause you're just going to fill it with other stuff that you don't need to be doing. Right. You know, just don't, it really does get me like on my soapbox and people say that I haven't got time because you don't need more time. You just need more focus. We yeah. won't, we're never going to get more t- hours in a day. It's not going to happen. You're just going to be more focused. And the people that say we haven't got time, I bet, I bet if I was watching them all day, I bet they spend time scrolling aimlessly through Facebook. I bet they'll watch some trashy TV or whatever, <laughs> which is your right to do that. But then don't moan and say, I haven't got time to make my dreams come true because you have. Right, right. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I think I love that you kind of carry a hard line on that. 
because I think that sometimes we have to like call people out on their excuses and it, we are so good at making excuses for ourselves. And sometimes we need people to not let us make those excuses anymore. And I love that that's how you represent in the work that you're doing. Can you yeah, tell us, think, go ahead. No, so I was just going to say, you know, it doesn't affect me if they do it or they don't do it, right. but it's only them that affects. And I just think if you can't change what's going on in your life, but you can change your reaction to it. Right. So, you know, they just need to kind of, you know, either put up or shut up. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. I love it. So what are some of the common mistakes that you see mom bloggers making? I think in general, most people stay too general as a rule. They want to talk about everything. Yeah. They don't want to turn anyone off. They want to talk about everything that they have, that they might have a small interest in. We want to talk about food and family and days out and fashion. And and then it's just, what is it? It's just, it's so generic. And I always, I always have this like character called Bland Bev, oh my beige gosh. Bev. And you don't want to be beige Bev because totally. she's just a bit dull, isn't she? Right. That's what they try and do is just please everyone. And they're so scared to take a stand or go down a niche in case they turn, you know, in case they turn traffic away in effect. And I always think, you know, if people don't like what you do. They're not your people. So it doesn't matter anywhere. You know, if people unsubscribe from your email list, then do a happy dance because you won't be paying for them anymore. Right. You know, if they unsubscribe, they're never going to buy from you. They don't care about what you say. So that is fine. You know, I sent out an email yesterday and it was really good. And it gave people value. And I had about, so far, I've had about six people email back saying, I just needed to hear that today. That was, thank you so much. I also had six people unsubscribe. So I know that the email wasn't rubbish because people took the time to write back and say, I needed to hear that today. Right. Thank you. Right. Six people unsubscribed. So what? Go somewhere else. They're obviously, it doesn't, right. it doesn't bother me. Right. Um, and I can convert it. So, you know, I'm paying by the person. So it's fine if they go away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, they want to please everyone. And I always think you can't please everyone. You're not Nutella, isn't it? That's saying. Right, right. Oh my gosh, that's and so funny. I think they write, it's that, going back to what I said earlier about writing because they want to share about their family. And unless you're a hugely gifted writer, sometimes you're not going to harness that sentiment that you feel for your family in a post and so no one else is going to feel it. There's only, a, there's a few people I know in the space that write beautifully. And I think anyone would be captivated by it the normal kind of writers and I put myself in the same bracket it's going to take a lot for someone to resonate with those sort of posts initially right. so I think they stay too general they're scared of niching down because they think they're going to be turning traffic away but actually you're getting more specific traffic aren't you I mean right. for example the late was on our table wasn't it the llama lady at Upreneur she's doing great things and she's got llamas who would think that oh my that gosh was- I know yes with your accent I, I was like the what the llamas <laughs> yes <laughs> the, the llama lady who has they have like a llama farm at their house and she has little kids come out to do like llama therapy did I say yeah. that right yeah and I mean who- it's like who the most think? niche thing you can imagine like she should not have a blog about her family she should have a blog about llamas and we were like you need to go and get like llamalady.com as your url yeah. and just promote that because that's so specific and a bunch of people who are like, Oh, you know, we wanted a family blog here might unsubscribe, but the people who want a llama blog, they are going to be all in on that. Exactly. It's that it's the SEO thing, isn't it? The search engine optimization. If you're writing about gluten-free holidays in Spain and you have your keywords as like Spain or holidays, you're going to be competing against everyone else with that holiday keyword. But if you have your long tail keyword as, you know, gluten-free holidays in Spain, you're going to get less pool of people, but they're all going to go to your post because there's not going to be as much competition. So that's what people need to remember is that, you know, don't try and be like a 
a shop with everything in it. We call them pound shops in England. You know, they're just those kind of generic shops that have everything in. Try and be something a bit more niche. And right. don't be afraid if you if you turn people away, that's fine yeah. because you need to find your real your true people. And also, one more thing is, they, I think they don't promote their stuff enough. Yeah. They're, a lot of the, the bloggers I know, they're terribly British about the whole thing and they don't want to shout too loudly about their content right. because they don't annoy anyone. And you've got to shout out there on social media because everyone else is. And if you're not, you're going to get drowned out. Right, right. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. I've had this come up so many times. So when I first started using Facebook, long before Facebook business pages and groups existed, I would talk a lot about my gym that I own and talk about different things I was doing with the gym and different client success stories. And one of my husband's friends finally said to me one night, he's like, yeah, so I had to unfollow you on Facebook because I just couldn't handle like all the fitness stuff. And like 15 years ago, I would have been like crying. I would have been so upset if someone just that someone was like dissatisfied with something I was put out into the world. Yeah. But I was like, oh, that's great. That's totally like, that means I'm attracting the people I want to attract. Like you are never going to be my ideal client at my gym. I'm never looking to attract a 35 year old male who likes to drink a lot of beer on the weekend. Like that's never going to be my target audience. So cool. Like definitely don't follow me because I'd actually really rather be attracting women who are 35 who want to come work out with other women, you know, three to five days a week and in a great environment, like those kinds of things. So that's fine. And the same with the podcast, like friends say all the time, they're like, oh, I'm totally behind on your show. And I'm like, you don't need to listen to my show like just because you're my friend. Listen to my show yeah. because it serves a purpose in your life. Like I'm not here to like, I don't want people to feel obligated to listen to my yeah, podcast. Exactly. I want to be filling a need in someone's life. And so I'm not trying to market to my friends. I'm trying to market to moms who want to be more shameless every damn day. So 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you're going to turn people off and that's totally okay. That's par for the course. And that means you're actually building a business. Like think of the brands like CrossFit. Oh my gosh. The people who love them, love them. And the people who don't, don't want to have anything to do with them, but they have crazy brand loyalty. That's what you're looking to build. You've got to kind of polarize, haven't you? You've got to to do that. Otherwise it's like Apple fans as well. They're buying anything with that Apple symbol on it, wouldn't they? Oh my gosh. And my husband hates Apple and he's like, he always calls it the dark side. Oh my gosh. Yes. I just was having this conversation because I went and bought a new phone last week and it was a thousand dollars and I did not even get the newest one. I got the iPhone eight, not even the 10 and it was a thousand dollars. And I came home and I was like, and I need to have it. Like I need to have the phone with the most memory. My iPhone six was not working anymore. Like I needed to get it. I didn't really feel like I had a choice, but I was like, I can't believe this. Like I am the biggest sucker for Apple. I am, I'm their ideal client because I'm like, I guess if you tell me it costs a million dollars, I'm going to go spend it. I'll be a little bitter about it, but I'm still going to go yeah. spend it. You're still going to do it though, aren't you? Oh, totally. And then I'm going to be really mad and complain to everyone about it. But I think it's, it's confidence, isn't it? I think when you first start, you're not confident enough right. to, to do that. I think it does come with confidence. You can start yeah. to be more confident in your own voice and saying, you know what, take it or leave it. You know, I'm not going to be bland anymore. I'm going to be, you know, a little bit more myself. And we all, you know, I think that is a hard thing to do online right. is to totally be yourself because at the beginning, you don't want to put anyone off. But when you get more confident, you're like, you know what, I don't really care anymore. If you don't like me, jog on. I don't, I don't mind. Right, right. So do moms need to have a following before they can start monetizing a blog? Like which comes first? Do you try to build an audience first and then monetize? Or do you monetize right from the get go? What's your recommendation on that? I think that you can definitely start taking steps to monetize your blog. So for example, you could start putting affiliate links into your blog posts and you could start writing about product reviews mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But you have to realize that it's not going to bring you any money in from day one because to get affiliate links to actually do anything, you're going to need traffic. You're going to need traffic mm-hmm. to come to the site and people to click. But you can definitely, definitely start. And I wish I'd known from the start because my posts would be full of affiliate links. But definitely start your blog with those affiliate links in there and sort of showcasing the content that you can produce for brands. So you can even review things that you own in your own house, you know, um, if that's what, if you're a mommy blogger, review the kids toys, you've got them right there. You know, nobody needs to even know that they're not, you know, you wouldn't say that they are from a brand, but it's not, it doesn't even matter. Go on a day out, but then put it like it's a review. Or if you go to the theater, review it, you know, because then you're showing what you can do. And, but put those affiliate links in there as well in other posts. And if you like, for example, I'm a ConvertKit ambassador. So I'd write a post about ConvertKit and how it's amazing and this, that and the other. And I could do that from day one if I you know, used it from day one. Right. But I think you need to realize that it is going to take a while for that affiliate income to come in. And also for brands, they're not even going to notice you to start with. But you can start doing that connections and those tweets and that kind of thing. Don't stalk them, but, you know, just retweet their stuff every now and again, you know, say how much you like the brand and tag them in it. So you can start doing that to get on their radar. But they're going to want to know that you're going to stick around a little bit. I think quite often there's that some people when I first started, people like, oh, when you hit two years on your blog, it will the brands will know that you're going to stick around and they'll start investing more in you. And I'm not sure it was, you know, I made money after four months, but Mm. I think the money will start increasing when you get out there, your exposure gets out there. And also they just know you're not going to be a flash in the pan. So I definitely think you can. And also if you're going to create your own products, they don't just happen overnight. And whereas you could knock out an ebook quickly, you're going to want feedback from your audience to know what they want before you start. So anything that you create, whether it's a course or an ebook or whatever, you're going to have to be in your space for a little while before you know what you need to create. Right. 
Yeah, that's such great advice. And you're right when you start using those affiliate. And just to clear up for people who don't know, an affiliate link is where you can, like anyone can become an Amazon affiliate. So if there's products I use on Amazon all the time and I want to share them with other people, then I can sign up on Amazon to become an affiliate. And then when someone buys, for example, someone buys a book, if they use my link, I get like, it's usually like 25 cents. It's a very, a very <laughs> small amount, but you get a little bit of money from it. And so you can definitely do this from the get-go and start making a little bit of money. That said, I totally agree with it being a long range plan. And so it's really easy to be like three months in and be like, wow, I've made like $7 a month for three months. Like, why would I keep doing this? You do it because of what happens over the long haul. And there's definitely a cumulative effect of building a business online. And so you're absolutely right. Like when people say, and there's not, I don't think there's a magical line of like, it's two years or any certain no. date, but there's definitely like you put in some time initially and you, it requires a little bit of patience and grace as you work your way up. But just getting those things started uh, set up from the get-go can really help you down the line. It's kind of like it's practicing for what's to come um, yeah. and just getting your mindset in that space of like, this is a business. And so I'm going to take the opportunities that I can to monetize this and to treat this as a business because you deserve, like if you're putting your time into it and you're a busy mom, you deserve to get the financial impact that comes with that. Even if it's yeah, teeny it's, tiny. It's, it's getting your mindset right. I've got a really good example of uh, my VA who's also a blogger and um, she's been trained well, bless her, because she she had an incident at home where she, she set her kitchen on fire a little bit. Oh, gosh. And uh, the smoke went in the room. I'm only laughing because of what she did next. But um, so obviously this had happened. She took the kids in the garden. She um, got rid of the stuff and realized she didn't have like a smoke blanket or anything that in her house. So she went and immediately bought them on Amazon and then was going to share it on her personal page. And then thought, I know what, I'm going to share it as affiliate links on my blog page and then to share it to my personal page. So she actually, in that moment of telling the story of like, oh my God, this just happened, yeah. you know, and I haven't got this stuff in the house. So please check that you've got this stuff in the house because it was a bit of a scary experience. Right. There were affiliate links. I was like, you genius. <laughs> so brilliant. So brilliant. <laughs> she learned from a master. <laughs> well, and it's like, it's really great practice. It's really great practice to consistently treat your business, like from the get go to start consistently treating your business like a business rather yeah. than, because otherwise it is easy. And I watch, especially in Seattle where I am, I watch a lot of moms building business and I watch those who are like all in from the beginning and treat it very seriously. And many of them have come from the corporate world. So they know some steps to take to, from the get go, be really, really serious and intentional. And mm -hmm. sometimes I think that they're a little more bold than people who are like starting out as a hobby and then want to shift. And I appreciate the boldness. I appreciate there's a woman I'm specifically thinking of right now who has three little girls under three years old. And she's currently, the baby is like three months old and she's flying all over with this brand new baby, getting mm -hmm. investors for her company. And she keeps showing like pictures of her pumping on planes and in bathrooms and all these places. And she's like, this is what you got to do when you're trying to build, you know, a national brand and you're trying to get investors and she's not messing around. And yeah. it is really remarkable to watch. And I think that I, there's so much to be learned from someone who is just shamelessly building business um, mm -hmm. and taking it very seriously. Yeah, definitely. I want to know how you support moms in making money online. What are some things that you do? Because I know you have a few different opportunities for moms to work with you and learn from you beyond the brilliance that you've shared here. So, I mean, I've been writing blogging tips posts for years and I've got a huge archive and it was only a few months ago that I thought people don't really know it's all there. 
you know, they're literally missing stuff because I've not signposted it properly. So I've got all these other things that were going well and courses and stuff, but actually just this free content, they weren't getting all of it. So I set up um, a roadmap. So it has three phases of going from hobby blogger to kind of full-time professional blogger. So the first one is mama gets visible, then mama gets traffic, and then mama means business. And in each one, I'll have the key things that you need to sort of have worked on and achieved before you can move on to the next phase. And obviously, you can move on at any point you want, but this is just my recommendation. So in the first one, there'll be things like, you know, growing your community or whatever. So there's all this detail in each one. And so I've got a quiz that people can go through and it puts them in different phases of their journey. And then I've also got lots of free content, courses. I do one-to-one coaching. And I have my, as I've mentioned at the top of the show, my Inner Circle membership, which is the Revolution in Circle. So that is amazing. I just want to spend all of my day in there with those ladies because they're epic. And I've also got a free Facebook group called the Mumapreneur Revolution. Um, that's growing quite fast. I mean, it's only about 13, 1,500 or something, but it's growing quite fast now. It's picking up. Nice. Oh, that's but awesome. I don't have any promo in it. I'm not, you know, there's no, no messing about in there. It's yeah. support or I kick you out. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. So you have so many things going on for the quiz. Is that if people go to your site over at you, baby, me, mummy, is the quiz on there? Yeah, okay. It's there. And I think it's, um, blogging hyphen roadmap hyphen quiz. <laughs> I okay. Think. Okay. But I'll, I'll make sure you've got the proper one for your show notes. Yes. But, go ahead and yeah, send me over that good. link. And then I have links to all of your social media here and I have links to your site and then I have links to your courses and to your free Facebook group. So that'll all be over at the show notes when people go over to shamelessmom.com and click okay. on your episode. And then before I let you go, I have one final question and then our lightning round. So let's do our final question before our lightning round and tell us in what ways you are a shameless mom. I think I'm shameless in my desire to create a better life for my family. So, and you know, if that means that my daughter has to play by herself a few times a day, <laughs> you know, I think that's all right. And I think that I want my daughter to grow up seeing that her mum like hustled and did, you know, built her own empire rather than just work for someone else. And I want her to grow up knowing that there's alternatives for her, that you don't have to just go and get an office job or be a, even just be a doctor or anything that are amazing careers, but you don't have to do that if you want to build your own thing. And also, you know, we get stuff arriving all the time and I don't want her to turn into a spoiled brat thinking that, you know, the postman just brings her toys. I want to know that we work for them, you know, and that's not, if if so many people are like, I don't work in front of my kids. I could never work in front of my kids. Well, I do because, you know, in the U S everyone does. In the US, it's like the norm. Everyone's working from their phone or laptop in front of their kids all day long. Honestly, in the UK, I don't know what it's like here really yet in France, but in the UK, people will call you out if you're on your phone or, you know, it's not people. There is this kind of guilt thing yeah. that you're meant to be on the floor playing with your children 24 hours a day. My mum never played with me on the floor like that and did the yeah. played kids games with me. And I didn't think she was a bad mum. So right. I think it's the guilt thing and you know, I just, yeah, maybe I am shameless, but I want to achieve stuff. But I only want to achieve stuff for my family. It's not because I want to, you know, go and sit my ties on a beach somewhere or whatever. Right, right, right. Oh, I love that. That's so great. Yeah. And I think there's probably room for the happy medium, like to not be on your phone and computer all the time, but to also yeah. like let your family see you work. I mean, exactly what you just said about leaving a legacy for your daughter where like women can create anything that they want and get anything that they want and they don't have to do it in a tra- on a traditional yeah. path or tra- trajectory. Exactly. Okay, Abby, here we go. Shameless mommy minute. Are you ready? Yeah. What is your favorite way to treat yourself? I'm a real saddo and a workaholic. So my, my probably my favorite treat is 
like a webinar or say probably me on the sofa with a blanket and a cup of tea and a book or a podcast. Oh my gosh. My favorite ways to treat myself are pretty similar. I love it. (laughs) What is the current book that you're reading or the last one you read? Well, I've got about four on the go at the moment because I never get time to finish, although I adore reading. So the book that I want to finish most of all is Expert Secrets, Russell Brunson. And the one that I did just finish, which was an audio book, so I could actually get through it, was um, Sell or Be Sold, Grant Cardone. Oh, how was that? Yeah, really good. good. So Grant Cardone, for those who don't know, is a like huge entrepreneur in multiple spaces, online and offline, I believe. But he's like, he's pretty harsh and very like in your face. And so I've heard him in a couple of interviews and I really, really like him, but he's also a little intimidating. Yeah, it was really good. You should read it. Oh, I love it. Okay, cool. Great recommendations. What is one morning ritual you can't live without? <laughs> a cup of tea as big as my head. Nice. <laughs> okay. I noticed this when we were in France. No one drinks big cups of coffee. They drink like a tiny espresso shot in a tiny, tiny cup or they drink tea. Yeah. I don't drink coffee. I no hate it. Drinks- that is so crazy. But yeah, they all drink it in tiny cups. Well, I mean, so- and I live in Seattle, which is like Starbucks head- headquarters this year. So I just can't relate to this whole tea situation. But... <laughs> When we were there, we were laughing because my husband and I would go to a so-called coffee shop in France and we would ask for American coffee and American coffee. So you could either like the regular coffee was an espresso shot or American coffee was like still a very tiny cup of it's like the smallest size you get at Starbucks is considered American coffee and no one gets the small here in the States. So it was funny. We were like, can we just get a normal size cup of coffee somewhere? But basically, no, you can't. Who is your biggest inspiration? Regina from byregina.com. Uh, because she is super successful. Uh, she produces epic content, but she still serves her community with so much free content and support. She's jumped on Skype with me and not charged me before. And she's just amazing. And to oh, consider so the, cool. the sort of sizes of launches that she has and, you know, all of that success that she's had, she still gives us like free workshops and she's just amazing. So she's an online entrepreneur as well. Yeah. I'm not familiar with her. Iregina.com. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. People can go pop over there and check her out as well. And then if you could give all moms one superpower, what would it be and why? It would be the no guilt superpower. Yes. Because I think we all need to give ourselves a break. It's blooming hard being a mom, isn't it? It is. It's hard never thinking of yourself and always thinking of your kids, which we do, even if we try and pretend we're not. But we are always thinking in the back of our mind. And, you know, I prescribe no guilt to everyone. (laughs) I love it. Excellent. Abby, thank you so much for spending time with us in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I appreciate it so much. I love everything that you're doing. And you gave so many great nuggets here to inspire moms to take their blog seriously, to be shameless in building business. And I'm just really excited for you to keep sharing your message with the world. And you have to come back when you have more new things to share, okay? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I've had a blast. Oh, good, good. We will talk soon. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for spending time with Abby and me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I am sure that you learned a few things. And for any of you who are diving into the world of blogging, or maybe you've started blogging and you've been stuck for years, maybe, because that happens a lot, please reach out to Abby. Please connect with her. She is such a powerhouse of knowledge and wisdom, and I just know that she can be helpful to you. So make sure you pop over to the show notes to see all the different places you can connect with Abby and learn from her through her courses, through following her on social media and her different resources over on her website. She also has her free Facebook group. So links to all of that is over on the show notes at shamelessmom.com. Click on episode 202. If this is your first time listening to the Shameless Mom Academy, know that we are here every Monday and every Wednesday. So we'll be back in a few days with another episode. Until then, you can subscribe to the show so you get a notification as soon as we release a new episode. 
and you'll get notified in your podcast app. And you can do that by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. That will drop you into Apple Podcasts where you can subscribe to the show. It would also be greatly appreciated if you wrote a quick review while you're there. That helps my ratings and helps me pull more shameless mamas into the academy, which is helpful to everyone because the world needs more shameless moms, right? So thank you for spending time with us here today. I really appreciate you being here. I appreciate you taking a moment for yourself as you very much deserve to do on a regular basis. I hope you have a fantastic day and no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.